to Borderline with me, Danny Buckler. It's alive, alive. Welcome, my friends, to this, the premiere episode of Borderline, my new podcast. I'm Danny Buckler, comedian, raconteur, chaos magus, sleight of hand artiste, master of the mystic arts and your host for this podcast. So what is this podcast all about? Um, I tell you the honest truth, I've got no idea. It's about me and you. It's about living by coincidence. It's about the things that I'm interested in and intend to riff on. It's about all sorts. Um, yeah, it's off the cuff. It's unplanned. It's spontaneous. Uh, we live by coincidence. And uh, that's what this is going to be. I'll be riffing about all sorts of things and on this show. Uh, comic books, movies, esoteric philosophy, an awful lot of that. Uh, sleight of hand, magic, conjuring, uh, magic, the other sort. It's going to be a blast. Stay tuned. Subscribe to this podcast. It started out as a series of live streams on Instagram. I started doing it during the lockdown because all avenues of expression. I'm a stand-up comedian for a living is what I am, essentially, among other things. And But all my avenues of expression were cut off because everything locked down, as we all know, for the, couple, the past couple of years have been a bit weird. In case you missed it, there's been a bug going round. So, uh, yeah, I was stuck at home. I had no avenues, no outlets. So I started live streaming. I did it on Instagram and enjoyed it very much. I was doing a couple of those a week, chatting to people about all sorts, had a few guests on. There probably there will be guests on here at some point, I'm sure, but this is pretty much going to be a solo podcast, a strap-in. This is all about me and you and uh, the various synchronicities that have brought us together, the various coincidences that have lined up so that you happen to be listening to my voice at this particular moment in time. So I was live streaming on Instagram and then obviously lockdown ended and uh, people realised that they didn't want to stare at their phones and I don't blame them. Once you've got choice, once you can actually go to a cinema, why do you want to watch your phone of an evening? You've actually got choice now. Go out and see your actual mates. No need for a mad bloke talking to you over your phone. So um, those stopped, but I missed it. I missed talking. I missed engaging and I missed broadcasting. So I'm going to be podcasting now. And this is it. <laughs> and if it sounds like this premiere episode has been recorded in a bunker in Beirut, that's because it's bonfire night. I'm recording this on the 5th of November. And you could probably hear what sounds like shelling in the background. It isn't. It's every local firework display and everyone with a garden is letting off fireworks up this road, so it seems. So what sounds like a warfare is not, is in fact celebration of a thwarted attempt to blow up the Houses of Parliament. And the desire to do this podcast was became on very, very strong while I was away on my last contract. I'll tell you about this because it's interesting. Uh, we're going to get into all sorts of weird stuff on here. We might as well start as we mean to go on and talk a little bit about chaos magic and a little, a little chaos magic story that happened recently. What's chaos magic before we start? I mean... I mean, I'm well aware I've just lost half the listeners when I said that. Uh, chaos magic is something that I got very interested in in the 90s. It's, it's a way of looking at the world. It's it's not the secret. I mean, it's not, it's not you know, pie in the sky. The, it's not the something for nothing school of self-help where you sit on your couch and imagine the car and guess what? It doesn't appear. Um, it's more philosophy, a way of being, a way of uh, interacting with the world, uh, the way you can appear to make things happen almost and you can you know, take full advantage of your nervous system. And my nervous system's very broken. I need every advantage I can possibly 
get uh, another part of this podcast will be that you are going to hear stories and see things through the prism of a man who's found out at this late stage in life he's pretty neurodivergent. So my my neuro my nervous system requires an operating manual, which doesn't exist. So I pretty much pieced it together over the years. And Chaos Magic was part of that journey. You know how it is when you're a young man, you're reading about all these weird ideas in comic books and you secretly hope they're real. And then you find out that a few of them are, not all of them, but a few of them are. I mean, it's not like Doctor Strange. You can't, like, you know, teleport to the other side of the world. A skill that would have been very useful to have this week just gone. My friend Ben Earl and I went down to Cornwall. Ben Earl's the world's greatest sleight of hand artist. Just sort of dash that off. And uh, no, he is, but he is. It's, it's pretty much accepted by anyone with any brains. And he has this company, this sleight of hand, it's this company, Studio 52, that provides magical instruction to performing magicians. And, 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 and it's going to expand from there. It's going to go to some amazing places, I'm sure. And he's taking it on the road. Now the lockdown's lifted. He's going out on a lecture tour. Uh, one of the dates was down in Cornwall, six hours drive from here. Two hours from me to him, and then four hours on the other side of that. So a Doctor Strange sling ring would have been very, very useful. Because you're essentially driving for six hours, hanging out in a place for two, and then driving back for six more. Looking at a 12-hour round trip with a two-hour stop for a cup of tea. A weird drive, too, heading down there. Because, it, I mean, you forget how beautiful England is. And the drive down to Cornwall is particularly stunning. You start off, but it does start to get... There's basically one road in, one road out. You know, there's one train a day, I believe. So you're driving along, you're starting off on the sort of motorway, then you're down to the dual carriageway, and then you're down to a single carriageway, and then you're down to a country lane, and then you're down to a, a dirt track where you can hear the hedges scraping up the sides of his 4x4. We're driving along. And it felt like, you know, we haven't seen a house in half an hour now. And in, the countryside is stunning, but the, the clocks have gone back. Dusk is drawing in, and it did feel like the setup at one point for one of those cheap Amazon Prime horror films where they, they film it in the woods because they can't afford a set with a cast of four. You know, this the terrifying tale of two ponces heading out into the woods and getting lost and then having to put in for shelter because the petrol runs out and all there is is this barn to stay in next to a disused farm. And what they don't realise is that living in the farm is the inbred grandson of Matthew Hopkins, the Witchfinder General who's going to see about these boys through the night, chasing them around with a pair of shears as they use their survival skills and soft hands to try and get through the night. Anyway, back to my story. So, so I was having a little Google about, this is about three or four months ago, I was having a little Google around because I quite like, I'm a comic book fan and I like comic books that have got a little bit of esoteric content to them, a little bit of occultism worked into the plot. And I actually quite like it when that occultism is based in, you know, ideas that are actually out there as opposed to just, you know, demented madness. And so, for example, The Invisibles is a great example of this. It's a great comic book, but there's an awful lot of stuff in there about the singularity, simulation theory. Um, it's actually applicable and, and, it's, and it turns out is actually coming true. The same you could say the same for a lot of Alan Moore's work. You read V for, Ven read v for Vendetta. And then have a look out your window, especially tonight, bonfire night. You know, it's essentially coming true, which is simultaneously intriguing and terrifying. Because it's not a barrel of laughs, V for Vendetta. But I like books of that nature. So I did a little Google around. I was looking for something new to read. And 
Uh, number and so I put into the search engine comic books and occult philosophy. See what came up. Real, real occult philosophy to see what would come up. And uh, Constantine came up, but a particular run. Ray Fawkes run on Constantine. Ray Fawkes. Yes, Ray Fawkes. And uh, oh, there you go. Synchronicity. Bonfire night. And I'm talking about Ray Fawkes. Any relation to Guy? We'll never know. There's a nice little link there. So. Ray Fawkes has done a run on Constantine. Constantine is a uh, British private eye who um, uses magic to solve crimes, you know. But that's really simplifying it. He's an occult detective and he investigates demons and all kinds of weird stuff. And he uses actual, you know, occult techniques to get him through. He's also a, a mess. There's a film of it with Keanu Reeves, which is not particularly comic book accurate like Constantine is British blonde and wears a raincoat and in the film he's Keanu Reeves uh, we want to know how Keanu does with, with a British accent it's not good he doesn't even try it in this film in fairness now I'm a massive Keanu fan by the way this is no disrespect to Keanu Reeves I love him I love John Wick I love The Matrix I love Point Break you know and I love and I really love Man of Tai Chi his directorial debut in which he plays the villain of the piece. I love it. No one's ever seen, no one I've ever mentioned it to has ever seen it. It's a Chinese film that Keanu Reeves flew out there and directed and appears in and plays a bad guy, plays this, the, the, the mad head of this sort of syndicate. So I'm a big fan of Keanu Reeves, but Constantine, he isn't. But yeah, Ray Fawkes is run on Constantine. Apparently he's got some wonderful philosophical tangents in it and I'm up for a bit of this. So I head to Amazon to make a purchase and I find out that this book is impossible to get. I mean, impossible. It's out of print. And there's copies up there. The trade paperbacks is what I like. And there's copies up there for like four or five hundred quid. And, you know, I'm not paying that for a comic. You can get it on the comic book app, but that's never the same. You want to you want the feel of a page. You shouldn't read comic books on a Kindle. So I think, right, I'll try a little thing. I'll, I'll do a little uh, experiment to see if I can magic up this book for myself. If I can open up some little pathways in my brain. So I do a sigil. Now, what's that? I hear you cry. Well, I'm not going to go into it too much on here. Because it's going to sound... When I start, this is very... This is definitely going to sound... If you're new to this way of thinking about things, this is going to sound like total bullshit. And I do not blame you. But a sigil... There is a... Uh, there is a practicality to it. There is a the, the idea is that you 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 take a desire, something that you want to happen in life. You write the sentence down on a piece of paper. From that sentence, you knock out the repeating letters. You knock out the vowels. You make like a little magical glyph out of it, and then you do a little spell. You, that's the spell, and then you sort of ch you charge it up. You know, you focus on it, you meditate on it, and then you completely let it go, and then you see what happens. And my attitude to this is very experimental because. What it does do, it, what it genuinely does do, is turn on parts of your brain. That little process gets your brain working in a certain direction, and then ideas occur to you. You know, and where do ideas come from? You know? Where do they come from? The same place as thoughts, out of the nothing. You don't choose them, they arise. But by doing this little process, you're turning on parts of the right-hand side of your brain that aren't normally stimulated, and... It starts working on the problem and you get ideas and it's, it's quite a nice little problem solving thing and it's fun. But this time I thought, right, I'll, I'll, as an experiment, I'll try and just for the laugh, see if I can make some magic happen. I'll do a little specidual spell to get myself some 
copies of Constantine in my life. And if it works great, and if it doesn't, I've got an anecdote for a podcast. And for me stand-up, I occasionally do these weird things because I like to try and stimulate my brain. And also, if it doesn't work, the, the worst that can happen is I've got a funny routine out of it. So, do my little spell. I own Constantine by Ray Fawkes. And I let it go. Big part of it is forgetting about it. And it's such a small thing, it's quite easy to forget. So, my friends, I'm on a cruise ship. We cut forward three months and I'm on a cruise ship. They're the first cruise ships to start working again after the lockdown. And I'm... And I'm having a time on there. It's fine. You know, I'm doing stand-up comedy and uh, I'm in, they've got a comedy club on board. So it's quite a pleasant uh, performing experience. My friend Greta is on there. My wonderful friend, Greta Solomay. Oh, she's a violin player, but she's so much more. She's just, she's a massive star in her home country of Iceland. And she's a fitness icon. I mean, she's, there's, there's, there's working out and then there's what she does. Unbelievable stuff. She's like a real life superhero. Anyway, so I'm with her. We're having, we've not seen each other in years. So we're having a good time and life is good. And we pull into Palma in Spain and uh, off we get for a walk around Palma. And she would like to go and get for a violin playing. I'm not a violinist, but she wants to get some pedals for some those looping pedals. Uh, I'm not a really a sound guy, as you can probably tell from the quality of this recording. So off we go on a walk into Palma. And then we get to the first shop no, uh, that she's found. And that's the wrong shop. And he points us to the next shop. So we're going on this weird, windy walk. And as we're walking, I'm going into this very nice little... I like to meditate when I'm walking. I like to just let go of thoughts, especially in a new town like that. I like to trance out a bit and, you know, tune into what's going on around me, which is what I'm doing. So I'm quite happy just to follow my nose and follow her. And in the course of our wanderings... Uh, a comic book shop hoves into view. The last thing I thought I'd find in Palma in Mallorca, if you've ever been there, it's a very historical city, but it's not one where you imagine a comic book. They've actually got two. So I thought, oh, I'll nip in here for a quick look, see what they've got. So I go through the door, and even by comic book standards, this place is a little bit militant. The guys behind the counter are serious, you know. And I asked them in my sort of sp Spanglish... Uh, you know, a prego, uh, anglaise, anglaise, you know, is there any English books? And the guy says, uh, uh, box, box, and points to a box in the sort of back right corner of the shop. One cardboard box. Oh, we're feeling the Brexit in the comic book world. And it's, he's put all the English comic books in there for five euro a pop. So this massive comic book shop, one box. But I think I'll have a little browse. I might find something to read. I'm on this ship for a bit of time. I want to read something. So I go to the back of the box. Wait there for me, Greta. And first thing I see, just sitting there, uh, two copies, uh, issues one and two of Constantine, Ray Fawkes' run, five euro each. Now, I'm not kidding. You can't get these books. So easily I'm thinking, and now I'm like, whoa, man, look at that. I'm a master of the universe. Look at this. I've done a magic spell and I've conjured up these comic books in this, I've arranged, the universe has arranged itself to place me in Palma on this day when this man has this box with these comic books on top of it. And it's arranged for Greta to be there, to guide me in the right. I would never have found this shop without any of these synchronicities or coincidences. All these little things have lined up to bring me to this moment in time and these comic books. Well done, me. I've done this with my, my amazing power. So I grab these books and pay for them, give me his 10 euros. Get back to the ship. Now, I'm missing one. I've got the one and two, but there's one missing, part three. I go through the box. It isn't there. So I'm missing part three, which completes this particular 
story. But the ship goes off. The ship, when you're on a cruise ship working in that way, it goes round the block and comes back. So you do like a little, a little, little circuit of the sea. So we're back. A week later, we're back in Palmer. Greta's now left. She's gone because she's, you know, got better things to do. She's successful. I'm still on there because I'm, I'm a travelling minstrel. But now my friend Shimmy's arrived. Shimmy's a singer, an exceptional singer, voice like a thunder god. I mean, he's amazing. Beautiful, beautiful voice. He fancies a stroll in Palmer, Mallorca. And I figure, right, well, let's go for a walk. And I thought, do you know what? I'm going to go back. Although it wasn't there. And I promise you it wasn't there. I looked. I really looked. And it was part three wasn't there. But I thought, as I'm here, I might as well go back and have another look around that comics bookshop. And see if there's another, maybe part three. I don't know. I had a feeling. So I've told Shimmy, look, this comic book shop, I got my Constantines there last week. And they're like, you know, I paid five euro each. They're worth about £500 a go. I want to go back and see if they've got the third one. So back we go. We find the comic book shop. We find the second comic book shop first. I go in there and they've got zero tolerance when it comes to English language. Not a single English language book to be had. And like all comic book shops everywhere, denying the existence of any other comic shop bookshops in town. So fortunately, I knew about the other one. But they were like, oh, you won't find any others. Not around here. All right, mate. Fair enough. Let's get back to the original comic book shop. So me and Shimmy go down there, taking some beautiful scenery on the way as well. And um, this artist, there's an artist's house in Palma. The guy actually designed the city and his house is there. And it's like a psychedelic trip with no drugs. You just kind of walk around his house and it's a full-on, you know, in interactive experience. And he's designed this. It's like a Salvador Dali house. I digress. But we've had a look at that. So I'm in sort of a weird, psychedelic mood. We get back to the comic book shop. Back to the box. I know where it is, mate. Don't you worry. Pray go. I'm going to go. to. And there it is. It's sat not even in the box. It's sat on top, flat. The missing copy of Constantine has appeared in the week I've been away. I mean, I'm not mad. He's obviously gone. All right, he's bought the first two. Oh, there's another one here. I forgot to put that out. It's not like I've made it appear out of nothing. But once again, the coincidences have lined up There's to put this book in the right place at the right time for me to come walking in and scoop it up for five euro. I see it and I get all excited and Shimmy goes, um, oh, so <laughs> what, will you be taking that back and selling it, selling it to eBay for what it's actually worth? And I'm like, you shut the fuck a little, don't let, thank God he didn't hear us, the, the shopkeeper. No, I'm paying a fair price for it right now, Shimmy. Five euro and I'm going to keep it. So I bought it. So here I sit now in my front room on a Guy Fawkes night looking at Ray Fawkes's Constantine 1, 2 and 3, the trade paperbacks that I conjured up out of nothing. I did that with magic. I made them appear in a comic book shop in Palma, Mallorca. Because we live by coincidence, my friends. We really do. The little things that have to line up to make anything happen. All the synchronicities that have to line up for you to be listening to this premiere episode right now. I love stuff like that. We'll be talking about all sorts of stuff like that on here. And also the other things. I mean, you know, It won't just be like these sorts of things. Films are going to come up, I'm sure. Anything that's going on. Comedy. I'm going to get some guests for you. It's going to be a blast. Do stick around. That cruise ship was mental. Absolutely. It was like a weird one. I mean, all cruise ships are mental. They've all got something mad about them. This one in particular, though, because it was like they had it's a ship where they 
like the, the comedy room is an actual feels like a comedy club. You go in there and it's like they've done it up with like a, there's like a fake brick brick walls. You know, they've really tried to create the, the the feel that you're in a New York comedy basement. When you come out of it and walk along the ship and you can go into the Cavern Club, and they've recreated the Cavern Club from Liverpool. So now you feel like you're in Liverpool and they've got like they always have the uh, they always have a Beatles tribute band in there playing and they had this climbing wall up on the top deck which was like a. It was not like a climb. It was a climbing wall. It was a climbing wall on the top deck. It wasn't like anything. It wasn't like anything. It was a climbing wall. But obviously, it's a cruise ship climbing wall, so you can't just do your own thing. You've got to like have the guy with the safety rope controlling you. You can't just climb up it like Spider Man. Even if you're an expert, they won't let you. So you've got all these old people, all these old boys and girls in their like mid to late sixties climbing up this climbing wall, and they're strapped into a thing. And there's a guy, essentially pulling them up. The guy on the other end of the rope is basically yanking him up the side of this thing. But they think they're doing it. You can see it in their faces. This old boy who's never, like, never worked out a day in his life shooting up the side. Well, I'm amazing at this, aren't I? Look at this. I'm flying up. I'm like Alex Holland in um, the film. <laughs> what the hell is the film called? I went and saw it with Ben. That film where the guy climbs the mountains with no rope. You spend the whole thing watching it with your fingernails scraping the seat. Alex Holland, zero. Oh, what's it called? What's the? I've got to look it up. I'm sorry. It's embarrassing. I went and saw it with Ben. We actually met Alex Holland afterwards. Alex Holland? What's his bloody name? This is embarrassing. Oh, yeah, me and Ben Earl met the greatest man in the world. This free climb. Free Solo. Free Solo. That was the film. Free, yeah, me and Ben Earl met the free, met the free Solo guy. Most amazing man in the world. Completely forgotten his name. I haven't forgotten his name. Alex. It's Alex. Honold. Alex Honold. There you go. Embarrassing. To forget the name of such a legend. But that's what these old people think. Oh, I'm Alex Holland. Look at me climbing up here. Honold. I'm Alex Honold. I'm always doing that. Always. Alex Honold will be Alex Holland for the next six months. It's like Chris Elia. It took me about four months to get that right. I was calling him Chris Elia. Chris Dolia, Chris Ella. It's not, you know what I mean? I just, I'm just, what can I say? So watching these old people fly up the side, thinking they're actually doing it. Look at me up here, free so. And of course, because they're facing the wall, they can't see the poor bugger at the other end of the rope, wheezing and chuffing as this, the straps cut off the blood to his thighs as he's trying to yank them up there. His poor red face. Jesus, will you eat a salad? All day yanking people up a wall. So many experiences you could have on that ship. Cruise ships are great, man. Well, sometimes they are. There are some other lines that shall go nameless, but they don't do it well. I'll be telling you about those as well, I'm sure, at some point. Anyway, my friends, the fireworks have kicked off. I don't know if you can hear that in the background, but I'm fighting the, the noise here. So I'm going to wrap up this premiere episode of Borderline. It's here. I'm making a podcast. It's happening. Stick around. Subscribe. We're going to have a good time. We're going to talk about all sorts of weird stuff. I'm on the Instagram, uh, the Danny Buckler Show on Instagram. If you want to connect with me there and that you want me to talk about, let me know via that method. This will grow and uh, I hope you'll uh, come with us. Take care, my friends, and have a lovely weekend. All the best. Ah!